Welcome to the Big Joy Ministries podcast. For more information, please visit our website at bigjoyministries.org, where you can subscribe to our blog updates for free. Once you're there, you can enter your email address to subscribe for free to our blog for new posts, news, upcoming events, workshops, and more, just by entering your email address in the space right above the subscribe box. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries. I want to read the first several quotes on our website, bigjoyministries.org. And I want to start off with these quotes because I think it's going to give you some insight into Big Joy Ministries and into the kingdom of heaven itself. And then I'm going to read uh, an article from the website that I wrote uh, recently that kind of puts all these quotes into perspective. And that'll be the message for today. So the first quote is, we all have two worlds inside of us, heaven and hell. And the one we get to experience depends upon which one we feed. And the one we don't get to experience depends upon which one we starve. The next quote, you can be who God created you to be, or you can be what someone else wants you to be, but you can't be both. Quote number three, love does not condemn. Quote number four, there is a point at which you must take on the discipline of the refusal to entertain any more negativity in any form. You know, every time I hear that, I am reminded of what Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Even said it to a few of his friends. So you have any friends you need to say that to? Family? Co-workers? Them people you uh, work with? <laughs> right? Yes. So the next quote, quote number five, loving, this is really, really good. This is so true. Quote number five, loving people love people. Unloving people don't love people. Healing people heal people. Hurting people hurt people. Helpful people help people. Unhelpful people don't help people. Any questions? I like that one. So, quote number six, I think. These numbers might get a little out of order, but the quote is what's important, not the numbers. So here's the next one. Not everyone is going to celebrate your level of the following items. Empowerment, self-respect, boundaries, talent, intelligence, commitment, joy, happiness, health, wealth, success, achievement, honesty, spirituality, courage, creativity, or who you really are. Not everyone's going to celebrate that. Not everyone's going to see that. Not everyone's going to want to be around it. There's going to be a lot of people who want to change who you are so that you show up as the person they want you to be, which reminds me of one of my favorite parts of scripture when it says, do not ascribe to your brother a role you think would bring happiness to you, and then do not try to hurt him when he fails to take the part in what you dream your life was meant to be. Uh-oh, so when people don't show up the way you want them to show up, what if they're showing up the way God wants them to show up? Think about that. So, here's another one. Here's another quote from Big Joy Ministries. Healthy, happy, loving, ethical, drama-free, fun, smart people are very attracted to healthy, happy, loving, ethical, drama-free, fun, smart people. Hmm? Healthy people are attracted to healthy people. And I know you want a healthy partner, right? Or healthy friends, healthy family, healthy co-workers. Don't you want healthy people in your life? Mm-hmm. And it's an inside-out kind of a thing. Here's another one. When was the last time you cleaned your house? When was the last time you cleaned your mind? A harmonious house and a harmonious mind lead to a harmonious heart and a harmonious life. And here's a hint. Happy, healthy, loving people are very attracted to healthy, happy, loving people. 
love your house. And I don't just mean your physical house, the one that you, you know, have a kitchen and bedrooms and a living room and a TV room and a garage in, or, or an apartment or a condo or, you know, whatever it is that that kind of a house is for you. Of course I mean that house, but I also mean the house of your body. When was the last time you cleaned your body temple from all them negative thoughts, feelings, perceptions, knowings, beliefs, and stop doing those self-sabotaging behaviors? Because all that negativity, whether it's in you or somebody else, all that negativity is not loving. It's not of God. God was not the author of uh, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, worry, doubt, anxiety, depression, jealousy, envy, covetousness. Woe is me. What about me? Blame, shame, guilt, invalidating, right? God is not the author of any of that, but dead, dry religion sure is. Oh, you know, religious people are terrified of love. I don't know why, but they just are. And so is the devil for what it's worth. So, okay, moving on. You all know I have a mouth and I'm just going to say it. Here's another quote. Be appreciative and say so. Be thankful and say so. Be grateful and say so. Here's another one. You can always tell what people value by what they take care of. So, are you taking care of love or fear? War or peace? Your way or God's way? That is just so good. I want to read that one again. I like this one. This is one of my favorite ones that I use in all my workshops. You can always tell what people value by what they take care of. So what are you taking care of? Love or fear? War or peace? Your way or God's way? You know, God has a plan for your life, and it's a good one. <laughs> and the devil has a plan for your life, too, and it's a bad one. <laughs> and anytime you feel bad, you are not in the love zone. You're not in the kingdom of heaven. You know, there's all kinds of different words, and people get so hung up on the jargon that if you don't speak the jargon the way they speak the jargon, then they don't think you're a Christian or a believer or any of this sort of thing. And, well, that's pretty small-minded. So that's what I think of that. <laughs> and I'm not judging them. I'm just saying it is small-minded because they're using their small mind rather than God's mind, so to speak. And God's mind is not full of guilt, shame, blame, oh, condemnation. Aren't you tired of being condemned by all these people who condemn you? They just nitpick what you know. Some of you would have a much happier, more joyous, peaceful, loving, fulfilling, abundant life if you just got some of them nagging, nasty, negative people out of your life. It's not your fault that they refuse to accept responsibility for their mind. They're just thoughts. Thoughts that go around and around and around the same mountain like them Israelites wandering through the desert for 40 years on what should have only been an 11-day journey. Right? Yes. Here's another one. When you are moving towards connecting with each other, that's the living and walking of love one another. What Jesus said, one commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. So I want to start this quote again because this is such a big deal. When you are moving towards connecting with each other, that's how we do love one another. When you are moving away from or moving against connecting with each other, that's living with fear one another, condemn one another, guilt trip one another, blame another, shame one another, hmm? judge one another. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. Okay, here's the next quote. We experience pleasure when we pleasure ourselves with the things of this world. This results in feeling and being unfulfilled. How many unfulfilled people do you know? Hmm? And what do they do? You know, you can pleasure yourself with a negative thought. Did you ever think of it that way? Right. And you're taking care of that negative thought. Remember that other quote? You can always tell what uh, people value by what they take care of. So those people who are so miserable, who are always wallowing in self-pity and woe is me, or they're blaming you for their problems that they entirely make up. 
they don't want to let go of their thoughts. <laughs> you know, and unless your brain is physically attached to their brain, there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. And there's nothing you have to do about it because God will take care of it. So I'm going to start this quote over. We experience pleasure when we pleasure ourselves with the things of this world. This results in feeling and being unfulfilled. Right, because pleasure is fleeting. It's kind of like happiness. And there's nothing wrong with happiness, except eventually it's going to go away, you know, after you're done eating that dessert. <laughs> right? Right. After you're done gossiping, come on, you've all done it. Tell the truth. Truth will set you free. Okay. Okay, I'm going to start this quote over because, see, I'm actually getting a lot out of this one. So, we experience pleasure when we pleasure ourselves with the things of this world. This results in feeling and being unfulfilled. We experience joy when we enjoy ourselves with the kingdom of heaven. And this results in feeling and being fulfilled. I love this one because this reminds me of John 10.10 and the full quote of John 10.10 from the Amplified Bible. It says, the thief comes only to kill and to steal and to destroy. But I came that you may have and enjoy your life, have and enjoy your life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life that I want. And for the most part, 99.999% of the time, that's the, the life that I'm living because I've done a lot of work on myself. Man, I have let God into every single area of my life. And it wasn't fun until I got onto the other side, so to speak. <laughs> because letting go of your own self-sabotaging patterns and your negative thoughts and feelings and you want to be right. I was one of those people who would wake up in the morning and be like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I just want to sit here. Just Can you just be quiet? Because I want to just sit here and think. <laughs> Have any people who just like to think and just analyze, analyze, analyze. As if my mind could ever had the capacity to figure things out the way God can, right? Picture in your mind a marble or a ping pong ball or a baseball. And now picture how big the sun is or the planet Jupiter, which is a little smaller than the sun. It's actually a lot smaller than the sun. The sun's huge. But so the marble or the ping pong ball <laughs> represents your plan for your life. And the sun represents how big God's plan is for your life. Now, which one would you rather have? And, okay, here's an example. You know them people who have a plan for your life? <laughs> like your mama, your daddy, right? Your relatives, your grandma, your grandpa, your aunts and uncles, your cousins, your friends, your teachers. Them people at that church that you don't like going to because you always feel condemned when you come out of it. Instead of uplifted, walking in the spirit of God, that's not a judgment of, you know, that's a discernment. Okay, we've got to get off the wheel of suffering. We've got to get off the cross and resurrect in our own life. We've got to <laughs> die to self of our own small plan and allow God's big, loving, magnanimous plan into our life so we may have and enjoy our life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Okay, so I'm going on to the next quote. You can live your life as my way is the only way, or you can live your life as God's way is my highway. But you can't do both. So you can either live your life as my way is the only way. In other words, my plan, my small little plan. And either my plan for my life or the plan that someone else wants to put on my life or my plan that I want to shove into someone else's life. Why aren't you being what I want you to be? <laughs> Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Right? How many people look at you and do some version of that where you're not being who they want you to be, but are you being who God wants you to be? This is something parents need to really heal from because we'd have a lot happier society and world and individuals. All of us would be happier if our parents would allow us to be what God created us to be, who God created us to be, um, who we were born to be and allow us to do what we were born to do instead of having our parents expect us to live up to their small expectations because every single one of us has our own personal plan of our life, right? And that's the version of my way is the only way. But then there's God's way, which is the highway that works. It's the only way that works. And by the way, you cannot talk about any of this to someone who hasn't 
gone through the wilderness and made it out of the wilderness. If they're still wandering around that same mountain of misery, what was me? What about me? Look what you did to me. You, you, uh, you don't love me. But, oh, come on. Does that sound like God to you? Do you really think God looks at you, <laughs> the all-powerful, almighty God? You don't love me. I, I have such a lack. God does not have lack. God is not the author of blame and shame and invalidating hello. Wow, there's a lot of that in the church. Okay, moving on. Next quote. There are two paths in life. Sound familiar? The path of love or the path of fear. The path of fear is not the path of God. Now, you can use any other negative word for fear like shame. The path of shame is not the path of God. The path of blame is not the path of God. The path of manipulating someone, you know, overtly or uh, passive aggressively, you know, well, if you loved me, you would be what I want you to be. You left me because, you know, you betrayed me and all this. That's not God. Sorry. It's just not. And anytime, you know, we teach people how to treat us, right? So anytime you keep feeding someone's um, appetite for misery, you're not helping them. You, you need to be the stronger of the two, right? <laughs> the saner of the two, the more spiritual of the two. And if you feed someone who's miserable, if you feed them love, it actually starves their fear. Think about that. How many of you have someone in your life right now? And let's just say for this example that it's not you, but let's say it's maybe it's your boss, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a friend. <laughs> How much of a friend is someone who is always miserable and condemning and, and all of that? And you can be friendly to someone, but I wouldn't think that that's a friend. A friend is someone who's loving. That's my definition of a friend. I don't need friends who act like an enemy. Okay, the de look at it this way. If someone is literally walking around and talking and behaving and thinking and feeling with everything that the devil does, it, are you want to be friends with the devil? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> Do you really want to vote for that political party? Do you really want to go to that church? Do you really want to work in that company? Do you really want to live in that neighborhood? Yeah. Yeah, the devil's everywhere. Gee, I wonder why. Because we keep feeding it. So when are you going to stop feeding it? There are two paths in life. The path of love or the path of fear. Which one do you want to grow? <laughs> right? Okay, here's the next quote. The devil, in all its clever ways, will do whatever it takes to steal your peace, steal your joy, steal your hope, and try to destroy any kind of love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, power, wisdom, truth, and victory that you know and feel. So the moral is don't let the devil vote in your life. Let God vote. You can have feelings, but don't let them have you. You're going to have thoughts. Thoughts are going to occur to you, and sometimes they're yours. <laughs> right? But consider the society we live in in the Western world, at least in the United States. Oh, my gosh. We are bombarded by negative Media and all marketing is spell casting. Let's just get real clear. They're, they all here's the formula. You want to know the formula? The formula is create the problem so you can sell a solution, right? Create a problem so they can buy a solution. You don't have to have a, a cash transaction in order for someone to be trying to sell you something. How many people in your life are trying to sell you their misery? Don't buy it. Walk away. Get thee behind me, Satan. Turn around and walk away. Right? Yes. Never let anyone treat who you are and what you do as if you are a garbage dump. The devil does that, not God. This is such a big one. And this is the last quote I'm going to read before I do the article. Never let anyone treat who you are and what you do as if you are a garbage dump. That's what the devil does. And you know what? The devil could be speaking through some of them people you love the most in your life. Your mommy, your daddy, your grandma, your grandpa, your great-grandma, great-grandpa, if they're still alive. <laughs> or if you were born young. 
Ooh, that's a whole other story, isn't it? Yeah. Was that love or real high or pleasure real high? <laughs> All right. So I hope you enjoyed those quotes. If you want to get these quotes delivered to you for free, you can subscribe for free to the blog. You'll get these updates at bigjoyministries.org. Okay? So now I'm going to read this article I recently wrote. It's called Namaste versus Damnaste. Which one do you walk and talk? So I'm going to read this article now. So when my chair is squeaking, but I'm comfortable and my heart's in the right place. And by the way, before I do this, if you, if you don't need any of this stuff that I'm talking about, then just know I'm preaching to myself because I can always use a reminder. Okay? And uh, I hope you like me because God has just put in my heart to say these things, to walk and talk these things. So I hope you like me. But if you don't, that's your problem, not mine. Okay? Let's begin. Namaste versus damnaste. Which one do you walk and talk? I recently came up with a term that I thought was appropriate for the times in which we live and for the people who seem to exemplify the word damnaste. It means the opposite of namaste. So before we get into the word that I invented, let's first look at what namaste means. Namaste is spelled N as in Nebraska, A M as in Montana, A-S-T-E, namaste. Namaste is a way of greeting one another. And they do this in India. And, and people who practice Hinduism or Buddhism or other Eastern religions and spiritual paths use this word. And according to one of the websites about this, it, it says, and I'm quoting here, it actually refers to paying homage or showing respect to one another, as is the practice today, when we greet each other. In Sanskrit, the word is nama plus te, so that equals namaste. And that means I bow to you. Or sometimes you'll hear people say, the highest in me greets the highest in you. My greetings, my salutations are uh, prostration to you, right? The word namaha uh, can also literally be interpreted as nama, which means not mine, not of my own. Remember that one with the quotes? Not my will, but God's. Not my small plan, but God's big plan. Okay, that's what not mine means in this context. It has a spiritual significance of negating or reducing one's ego. In other words, my way, my misery, my blame, my what about me? Right? That's ego, voice of fear. So it has a spiritual, the word namaste has a spiritual significance of negating or reducing one's ego in the presence of another. So that's what the website said about the word namaste. Well, I find it interesting that in the West, we don't have an equivalent of namaste, except maybe, you know, I love you, I like you, I think you're great, <laughs> you know, or hey, you know, in the right context, that could mean I love you. Can mean all kinds of things, but we don't have a word that just hits the bullseye, like namaste. In fact, it seems to me we have the opposite going on with, and here's my invented word, damnaste. Now, what would such a word mean? Damnaste. How is that spelled? D-A-M-N-A-S-T-E. To me, damnaste would mean something like not paying homage to or not showing respect to one another, to see the faults in one another first and foremost, and perhaps only seeing someone as if they are broken or unworthy or guilty, at fault, wounded, victimized, sinning, less than, not good enough, cursed, condemned, evil, bad, ignorant, stupid, and of course, damned. And you can also think about, you can think these things about another person, you can think these about yourself. That's damnaste. For almost 20 years now, I've observed this phenomenon of damnaste going on in the United States of America in political parties, companies, neighborhoods, families, friendships, schools, churches. <laughs> Dead, dry religion. You know what Jesus said about the Pharisees in the Old Testament? Whitewashed tombs covering dead men's bones. Right? Damnaste. Doesn't it seem sometimes as if the good old USA is exporting damnaste all over the world through our media and our never-ending wars? There is something wrong with that. Because to me, all this damnaste stuff absolutely misses the point of love ye one another. Not to mention 
bearing false witness because that's what it is. You know, it's, it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with the Christ mind kind of stuff of seeing the essential goodness in one another and celebrating and unconditionally loving that. <laughs> it seems as if way too many people are overachieving at seeing someone else as unworthy and not good enough and damned and they're not being what they want you to be and you're not being good enough, that you're not showing up the way they want you to show up. You're not being who they want you to be and you're not doing what they want you to do. Damn stay. Parents do this. Kids do this. Everybody does this at some point in their life if you're a human being. We've all done this, right? It reminds me of the joke Marianne Williamson talks about. She says, you know, everyone's going around talking about how they were so abused in their childhood. We were all abused. So if we were all abused, then who were the abusers? Right? Right. How many people have you put into therapy? <laughs> right? I know. I can name so many people who put me into therapy. <laughs> and then you get into therapy and the therapist asks, now tell me. Who do you think you put into therapy? Oh! <laughs> okay, moving on. Now, don't stone me just yet, or at all, because I, for one, cannot stand this ongoing nonsense of seeing the damned in one another, right? And trust me, it's not lost on me the irony of even trying to bring up a word or a concept as down to stay as if others perceive this through that filter, but I don't, right? Okay, so, yes, humility. Seeing the person in front of you as deserving of attack or fixing, right? Or needing your advice or your meddling or your blaming, shaming, and invalidating. Seeing the person in front of you as needing your conditional love, right? Strings attached. I'll love you if you do this. I'll love you if you are this, right? That's all a form of attack. And it's a form of non-acceptance of what is. And it's very off-putting. I've looked back at some of the people in my life who have made trim attempts, pathetically transparent is nearer the mark, at trying to convince me that I'm broken in some way, or, or in many areas, in many ways, and that I should just accept their assessment of who I'm being and what I'm doing and blindly accept their treatments or their solutions or their advice, you know. You know anybody like that in your life? Maybe you do that to someone. So I'm going to pause for a minute before I continue the rest of this. When you hear any kind of God-inspired teaching, when you hear the Word of God, you cannot just apply it to other people. You also have to first apply it to yourself. You have to receive the Word of God in your life. How do you expect... <laughs> To enjoy, to have and enjoy the fruits of the Spirit if you are closed off to it. Always looking to someone else to give it to you. Always looking to someone else to change. So, you know, you, if, I can't be happy until you change. I can't be happy unless you love me like. You know, that's just another form that the ego uh, programs us to be behaving in terms of the bad program of I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when you're the person I want you to be. You know, that's so stupid. That's stupid. You know, there's a difference between being ignorant and stupid. Being ignorant is when you don't know better and you do ignorant things and it doesn't work out. And I think, honestly, at this point in my life, I think we just have to get to the point where we wear ourselves out and we finally just give up and say, God, your will be done and not my own. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I cannot make my little itty-bitty marble-sized ping-pong ball-sized plan work. God, would you please, please help me. And by the way, God, don't give me no more lessons to learn today. I got all I can handle this week. Okay, so getting back to Damn This Day. People have looked at me, and they did some version of conditional love. Right, love. There's only two paths, love or fear, and they chose the fearful path because they were afraid. You know, people who aren't walking in love, joy, peace, and the fruits of the spirit are—they have a negative reaction to people who are. Had you noticed? 
And how many times were you not walking and talking the fruits of the Spirit and someone came into your life and showed up full blast, high voltage God, high voltage love and joy and peace and all of it, and you were like, well, who do, who do you think you are? What do, what do you think you're doing? Who are you to do that? <laughs> oh, the devil has so much boring dialogue. Okay. You know, the devil's just a bad movie that some people keep playing over and over again. It's, you know, and it's never going to work. Okay, but anyway, back to Dominus Day. In essence, the various people who have ungreeted me with some form of Dominus Day over the years seem to want me to give in to what psychologists call Stockholm Syndrome. You know what that is? Look it up. Stockholm Syndrome. That's where the abused one identifies with their abuser. Right? They identify, the abused one identifies with their incorrect, ungodly, wrong, irrational, unreasonable, and outrageously inaccurate perceptions of their own or their abusers and um, who they are and what they do. Okay, so for me to have agreed with someone else's damnastate-ness <laughs> directed at me, that would have been, in truth, an abdication of my true self, capital S, self my God self, it is so irresponsible to agree with any form of damneste, any form of negativity, any form of that which is unloving or not of joy, not of peace, not of the fruits of the Spirit. That is irresponsible. That is sin. Oh my gosh, the people who will not let go of their own misery or blaming other people, or putting guilt trips on other people, or invalidating other people, people who just don't hear what you, no matter what what you say, they got to correct it. They got to fix it. Well, now I don't know if that's how you should listen to me, because I know. Really? <laughs> yes, because God told me, well, you know, God talks to me too, and God didn't tell me what you're telling me. So, sorry, maybe this is your lesson, right? <laughs> Hello? Back off, devil. Get thee behind me Satan. Take your damnest day and, okay, anyway, continuing. Yes, get thee behind me, Satan comes to mind here, doesn't it? That's an apt response to such nonsense. You know, I've learned the hard way that when you know who you are and whose you are, as in a child of God, it changes the power dynamics with a lot of people who want you to join with their misery lovers group of victims overflowing with damnest day. Damnest day is distinctly different from namaste. Namaste. Here's, here's something about namaste. The reason why we do namaste has a deeper spiritual significance. It recognizes the belief, the fact that the life force, the divinity, the self, or the God in me is the same in all. Acknowledging this oneness with the meeting of the palms and then bowing, we honor the God in the person we meet. The highest in me greets the highest in you. And we bow. It's another way of, of living the word amen. Amen is not an English word, though. It's not an American word. Most of you knew that before you heard this, too. So, you know, every time you say amen, do you really mean it? Is that just for you? You're just trying to score points in church. You know how people sit in church with their Bible open, and you, you kind of like lean it off to one side because you want the person next to you to see. Here's what I've highlighted. I um, see, let me see. I've highlighted this right here. It's... It's really good. I've highlighted that because I know that. Do you? Right? Yeah, I'll take this. We all, you know, come on. <laughs> so, on the contrary to namaste, to namaste, damnaste is a form of ungreeting someone. It's an acknowledgement of the damned in one another. The damned in me is going to greet the damned in you, and now we're going to be both be miserable. That way we won't be lonely, but you still are lonely. Miserable people are lonely people. You know what they're lonely for? They're not lonely for you. They're lonely for God. Miserable people. It's a call for love. <laughs> and if they can't accept the love that you do give them, and by the way, you don't have to be in the same room or even talk to someone on the phone or text them or anything. You do not have to have a physical, you know, a tangible or intangible presence in someone's life in order to love them. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you have to go out to lunch. Okay, because love comes from God. Hmm? Yeah. All pain in life comes from our belief that we are separate from God. 
all joy in life comes from knowing God is within. God is everywhere. God is in everything. You know, he created everything in the universe and said, it's good. You ever read Genesis lately? Okay, so anyway, back to my article. So damnest is a form of ungreeting. It's an acknowledgement of the damned in one another. This is beyond toxic. And it's also stupid. Now, ignorance is when you don't know better and you do something dumb. Stupidity is when you do know better, but you keep doing it. That's stupid. Damnest is also annoying. It's annoying as hell. As in, it's annoying just the way hell is annoying. Negative people are it's so annoying to me. And it's, it's boring. It's so boring. It's like watching a very, very, very bad TV show from the 70s. With that awful action music in the background. You know, it's always the same uh, music bed repeated in every show. It's like some of those cartoons like Fred Flintstone when they're driving in the car. It, the, the background is always the same. It just repeats. That's what miserable people are like. <laughs> it's the same stinking program. Oh, so boring. So boring. And all of that can be interpreted by the receiving party as being offensive or insulting or hurtful or abusive or violent, delusional, sociopathic, narcissistic, psychopathic, and or evil. Right? Because the person doing the damnestay-ing to someone else on the receiving end is, is living in so much misery and it's, it's boring, it's, it's dull. It's dull. Florals for spring. Groundbreaking. Okay, it's just not a good vector to be on, people. Nobody wants to be miserable. Nobody wants that. Except miserable people. So it's not a good vector to be on. Whether the, you're the one giving the damnest day or on the receiving end, it's not a healthy or loving filter through which to perceive the world and others, and it most certainly isn't of the Christ mind. You know, damnest day could be what is meant by sin itself, and modern thinkers have even called it uh, a victim mentality, and it's the Western disease. It's an almost conscious unwillingness to stop being a victim. It's the willingness to be a victim and stay there. How loving is that? You know, Jesus did rise— did, did you have, and we're all forgiven. God's forgiven us. You know who you who hasn't forgiven is you or the person who's miserable. They haven't received the fact that they are forgiven. And you know what? That's like dealing with someone who insists and has so much drama trauma about a dumb, stupid program of misery. Or shame, blame, bitterness, resentment, anger, depression, you know, all the negative stuff. Anything that's not of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Anything that's a sin. The Bible says anything that is not of faith is a sin. Someone putting a guilt trip on you, that's a sin. Call it what it is. No, they didn't just miss the mark. Oh, I missed it. No, that's a sin. And it's not that you're condemned. You're condemning yourself. <laughs> Misery is self-condemnation. If you're not uh, having and enjoying the fruits of the Spirit, then no one else condemning you. You're condemning you. No one can offend you without your consent. Right? And the devil knows it. So Diamond's Day is a violent, unloving approach based on attack, defense, defense, attack, and is the bane of existence for so many billions of people unaware of the fact that Diamond's Day is not real. It is a misperception. It is an illusion. It is not the truth with a capital T of who anyone is in reality, in the eyes of God, which is love. Damnest day is seeing through the filter of damnation and believing that what is seen through that filter is what is. You know, people who are miserable think that misery is reality. They think that it's going on in the world in front of their eyes. No, it's not. It's going on in the world behind their eyes, and they're looking through that filter. Oh, now that's stupid to hold on to that. You'd see how many people argue against themselves? <laughs> Don't tell me to be happy. I'm being miserable. I'm being miserable. You leave me alone. What are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to, you know, tell you that <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> oh, you know, it would be funny if it weren't so tragic. An angry Christian, a miserable Christian, an unloving Christian, these are oxymorons, people. These words don't belong together. A Christian is someone who 
is walking and talking. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the power of love, the wisdom of love, the truth of love, and the victory that results from all of that. Misery is not victory. I wish I had some victory. Must be nice for you, David. You can do all this. Well, you know, I didn't get a wishing. <laughs> I have studied and studied and studied. It, when I started going to the gym again, because I've been going since uh, my 20s, but um, before this really took a deep root in me, and before this was a few years ago, before I got some really deep negative roots uprooted, that are now gone. Thank God. But before they were uprooted, it took me a year and a half of going to the gym, going from machine to machine to free weights to free weights. And you know what my mind would do? I can't say some of these words on the air, but my mind went into the most negative, <laughs> damn nest level language of damning me. I hate this machine. Who? Look at, I mean, all these horrible, horrible horrible things my mind was saying to me to myself hated it was all self-hatred it was violent hell-bent self-hatred and you know what i would every single time it came up i would say some scripture the word of god because the word of god has power when you say it to the devil right i am not that devil get thee behind me say i am the head and not the tail above and not beneath i lend to many nations and i never have to borrow no devil you are a liar get back in your pit i will not listen to you i am love joy peace and i had to memorize uh the fruits of the spirit that's how that's why i know them i don't just have it by rote memory i can't just you know riff it off because i memorize it i live this stuff with a capital S, in case any of you are judging me. <laughs> so, back to the article. Oh, and by the way, now I go to the gym. I am so at peace. It is such a zen for me. It is such a meditation and prayer. You know, meditation and prayer doesn't happen just in a church with all the dark wood and the dark lights and the dark, the dark lights, the dark stained glass windows and all this dark, heavy condemnation that has <laughs> infected so many churches, so many miserable people, and they never leave fixed. It's like, how can you go to Harvard Medical School and come out a doctor, but you can't go to church and come out healed? What is wrong with that? I think it's time for a new church. That's what Big Joy Ministries is all about. You're going to come in here for a little bit, and then you're going to graduate and go out and share all of the wisdom that you get here, if you get any here, and you're going to go out and share and serve the world. We're not going to keep you in a little box. I am so against living in the box, praying in the box, worshiping in the box, everything in the box. Why is God in the box? Again, think of that little marble. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Okay, so why are so many people perceiving what seems to be everyone and everything they encounter as some form of not good enough or in need of fixing, in need of adjusting or advice or counseling, medication? Oh my gosh, how many pills? How many pills do people take? <laughs> Where does it say, medicate one another as I have medicated you, so you must medicate one another? Can you imagine Jesus saying that? <laughs> the devil has a plan. You know, and this is not to say that pills don't have their place. But one or two or several pills a day for the rest of your life every day? Are, are you kidding me with this? Are you kidding me with this? So back to Domino's Day. Love does not condemn, judge, clutch, grab, manipulate, deceive, betray, lead astray, kill, steal, destroy, yada, yada, yada. And most of you know this, right, already. So it's not like you don't know it. You're just, you're just here for a battery recharge, right? So why are so many allegedly religious or spiritual or consciousness-loving people so into seeing through a glass darkly? Why, why do so many people in the church, in the consciousness community, in the spiritual community, right, Always trying to tell you some form of damnness day, as if the resurrection didn't happen. <laughs> Gee, I wonder if they have something to sell. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Is it the human condition? Or is this more a matter of that humans have been conditioned? Right? 
Another example of damnness day could be those annoying proselytizers who show up at your door and they don't have the discernment or knowledge to be able to tell if you're already saved. Or, I mean, what if you really are the second coming yourself? <laughs> and they're too blind or stupid to know it. Hmm? You know, I don't think I'm the only, the only person who's ever thought that when these people come to the door. You know, the different religions, you know, there's at least two of them that always want to come to your door and teach you something that you already know, which is that they don't have the discernment to know that you already know it. And why is that? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, back to the article. I'm going to get through this message today. <laughs> but God's just filling me with the Spirit of the Lord. So, so much is coming through. So why can't people already tell that some people have been saved more times than they can probably talk about? Why can't people remember the crucifixion and resurrection? Why can't they remember that? Why can't Christians remember that that white, the slate clean, and everyone's forgiven— and you shouldn't have a problem making someone's wedding cakes or their birthday cakes, no matter what you think their bodies are doing. Where in the, where in the Bible does it say that this is about whose bodies are where? And right now, I'd really have to read these four scriptures that is a big refresher for a lot of you Christians out there who are not Christians at all, but dead, dry, religious Christians in name only. And a lot of you are in the Republican Party. And here's the scriptures you don't know. Number one, in Hebrews 8.13, by calling this covenant new, he has made the first one, i.e. the Old Testament, obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. That's in the Bible, you alleged Christians. And I'm not judging you. I'm telling you, you need to stop judging me and everyone else because you don't know God himself said the Old Testament is obsolete. Hello? Hello? James 2.4 Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Oh! And then there's John 13.34 Love one another. Here's a good one for everyone who is all hung up on sexuality. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Bam! Hello. Very appropriate that we're talking about damnness day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. This person who would look at you and condemn you in any way is not of Christ. Period. I don't care what their politics are. I don't care what, how much money they have. I don't care if you uh, are a blood relative of them. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Hmm? <laughs> so, why can't people remember the crucifixion and resurrection, that they wiped the slate clean, that we're all one in Christ Jesus, that we are forgiven and saved for eternity? Why do I have to agree with anyone else's incorrect, inaccurate, BS assessment, you know, judgment, that I'm so bad, I'm so awful, I'm so guilty, I'm so broken, I'm so damned, such that I need to know that first and therefore then waste my time, effort, energy, attention, and money, and my life entertaining your freakish religious form of grifting in order for me to, quote, earn the solution that they are selling or peddling? Because that's capitalism. You cannot commercialize the Word of God. You can't. You can't. You know, there's a lot of religious racketeering <laughs> and spiritual snake oil peddling or good old-fashioned biblical blackmail. Take your pick. There's a lot of that going on out there. And I, for one, do not live in that strange, pathetic, little, archaic, boring, old, 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 old world of dumbness day. Oh, it's so old. And you know why I can talk about it? Because I used to live there. Oh, yes, absolutely. I was a, I was an A-list Pharisee, conservative, Republican, voted that way. I damned everybody because I saw everyone as damned. And you know why? Because I was looking through the filter of damnness day. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I tried to make my pit of hell so pretty. I'd put a little wallpaper here, a little paint over there. I'd get a nice car, making lots of money. I knew the right things to say. Spout, soundbite spirituality. Oh, A-list Pharisee. Absolutely A-list. <laughs> 
And I only hung out with other A-list Pharisees, and I was miserable. Boring. So boring. So boring. Anyway, you know there's an old saying. It says, you know it's time to get up from the table and leave when love is no longer being served. Oh, I wish I had said that. That was That's an anonymous quote found on the internet. You know it's time to get up from the table and leave when love is no longer being served. And at some point, I reached the point where I was like, why, why am I so miserable? And why are these people around me so miserable? Some of you would have a much easier, happier Christ life. If you left that nightclub that you keep going to that has all those miserable people, miserable, miserable nightclub, bad movie, bad, bad movie. <laughs> Personally, I believe it is arrogant to think that God created me as a piece of crap. And you know what? If you think that about other people because you don't like their skin color or their sexuality or their religion or how much money they make or don't make, and you just see them as a piece of crap, well, I'm not going to love it. You're not going to you know, infringe on my religious rights. What religious rights? What is that nonsense? Who, who starts this propaganda that God created crap and that you should con be condemned with damnaste? The word says, <laughs> you are created in the image of God. God is love, period. And that's why I don't accept your or anyone else's damnest day. No, thank you. Get your damnest day out of my face. <laughs> you go damnest day yourself in the privacy of your own self-made pit of hell and have fun doing it. I'm going over here, okay? Because I'm having a fantastic life and I love it. And that's too bad for you, devil. I know who I am and whose I am. And I don't need your nightclub ever, ever again, okay? It's time for the world and humanity en masse to love and accept and celebrate healthy, happy, sane people being who they were born to be, doing what they were born to do. And that's what Big Joy Ministries is all about. That's why I started it. Because I got tired of going to churches where everyone's miserable and they never get fixed. Can you imagine someone going to a, a college or a university or even some other kind of training program where the, even if it's at, if you never tie your shoes and you can, if you never learn how to blow your nose and you can, you know, your lungs don't have a problem taking their next breath. Why do you have such a problem receiving peace? Yeah, you think about that. Big Joy Ministries and its sister organization, Big Joy Media, that's our corporate arm to deal, you know, with businesses. Why do we have a corporate arm? Well, because a lot of businesses need a lot of love, don't you think? It's not like we walk in there and say, hi, boys, Jesus sent me. No, <laughs> but we do think that, right? So we change the jargon, but the content is the same, right? So Big Joy Ministries and Big Joy Media are the antithesis of Damnaste. Instead, we are into Namaste, big time. There, I said it. Yep, that's our mission, to love one another. And now, having said that, I have nothing left to say right now. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Yes, I do. Namaste. For more information, please visit our website at bigjoyministries.org, where you can subscribe to our blog updates for free. Once you're there, you can enter your email address to subscribe for free to our blog for new posts, news, upcoming events, workshops, and more, just by entering your email address in the space right above the subscribe box. Welcome to Big Joy Ministries.